0: From Dial Square to where is proud to have Gunas vs. Cancer as its charity sponsor for the season. Set up by the Gunas podcast, it is a brilliant charity raising money for leukemia and lymphoma research. Please help me to help them reach their fundraising goal by visiting Cancer.com and see how to donate or bid for some great Guna merchandise. Thank you.
1: I'm not sure you're gonna be ready for this, but there's a new, brand new thing tune. Strap yourselves in. People
0: keep asking if I'm back and I haven't really had an answer. But now, yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. I ride this alone in my bed. I pause an room in a house. The place is quiet and so alone. Pretend there's something worth will for for. <coughs>
1: Now that is double naughty. Hello and welcome to this new episode of From Dial Square to Wear. As uh, some of you may know, I've been a bit poorly lately, so I'm really pleased to be back and getting uh, better uh, day by day. And um, I haven't done my own podcast for a little while now because I was on holiday uh, last week as well um, I' put a few um, podcasts together for you all um, as you've probably seen um, from my uh, appearances on other channels so that's been good fun um, a few more coming up this weekend which I'm uh, really looking forward to um, been uh, sad to have missed out on a couple that I was due to be on Especially the one with Kevin Campbell That was going to be uh, very exciting for me But there you go Hopefully the chance will come again in the future But um, I'm going to concentrate initially On this first uh, half of the show On the couple of matches that have happened since I last um, Did my own podcast And there have obviously been the Liverpool game and the Spurs game, and um, I reacted sort of during the game on Twitter, uh, especially against the Spurs um, on, on, on the Spurs match rather, and um, I was very sort of pretty scathing about the performance of Granit Xhaka. So yeah, Granit Xhaka's performance was, as we all know extremely disappointing, annoying, Um, it's not something that we are unused to as Arsenal fans, but overall as well, it leaves me with questions that I've been asking about Unai Emery as our head coach, and they still go unanswered for, for me, because we were all craving to see the front three all play in tandem and um, when it was announced uh, the team for the the Spurs game that was a very positive thing that we uh, we saw that they were all going to be playing so why then do you choose the midfield that he did because it's not going to be creating enough opportunities for those front three and we saw the gaps between the midfield and the front three it was there for all to see and it also it just seems sometimes that Unai Emery just can't see that himself and when he does change it eventually because it, we're all quite pleased that he was doing the half-time subs and, and so on earlier on in his tenure, but he seems to have stopped that now. And to have left Granite Jacker on the pitch, it just baffles me. I honestly can't get my head around it. And Lucas Torreira didn't have a very good game either, but I don't know if I can blame him or... T- you know, As being a poor performance, or whether he was just following his coach's Guidelines, but to me that game was absolutely crying out for a midfield of Willock, Ceballos and um, Either Torreira or Guendouzi as it turned out Guendouzi had an amazing game. So I think uh, Willock, Ceballos and Gwendouzi would have really had a a fantastic game against Spurs and they would have been creating and exploiting the space in front of their defensive line from the off. And I I don't think we would have conceded... Well, we obviously wouldn't have conceded the stupid penalty um, that we did for the second goal. But... uh, the first goal was just a catalogue of errors as well and once again the biggest part of that was uh socrates and i've been i've been going on about socrates for a while now and i just don't think he's he's good enough he he's good for say 85% of each match but it's that's not enough is it and um The mistakes he makes, the decision making is just uh, not going to be part of the improvement of the Arsenal team in achieving its goals that we need moving forward. I know that David Luiz isn't completely blameless in the, the, the start to the season, however, he's being let down by... The teammates that he's got alongside him in defense and things are only going to improve when we get our two fullbacks back fully fit and we've got a fit rob holding to choose from as well but in the meantime i really do think that we need to get uh, chambers back who's done nothing wrong as we all know uh, the first game of the season he was solid been solid throughout pre-season and I think it's been a bit unfair to leave him out in the subsequent matches, to be perfectly honest. And I think Chambers and Louise has got to be the way forward until Rob Holding is back. And, um, and then we can, look, we can make this decision from there. Um, but Socrates's brain, just I mean, what was he thinking in going for that header? When it was already being dealt with. Or right, granted it was Granit Xhaka that was dealing with it. But it was being dealt with. And if he'd stayed back. Then we'd have had no danger whatsoever. And when he, uh, he still had a, a couple of yards head start on Eriksson, But he just, just wasn't busting a gut again. And the same against Liverpool. When he could have just literally thrown himself in front of the ball. Um, when um, I can't remember whether it, it was um, the first or second goal that uh, they scored, but it, when it broke in, in the box, he could—he he was just casually running up to the ball rather than break busting a gut and throwing himself in front of it. And the same again with Ericsson, he just got lost. I mean, Erickson's not—he's a great player, but he's not the quickest player on the planet. And Socrates isn't the slowest player on the planet either. But he he just sort of didn't do enough to get back. Uh, It was very frustrating. But what I was... um, Sort of to go back to what I was talking about before. The midfield trio that Unai Emery picked. Just makes me wonder why he makes these decisions. And, And playing the front three at home... A positive move. The midfield, not a positive move. They don't go hand in hand. And there was no connection between that midfield and the uh, and the forwards. Guendouzi was, was was a shining light, really. He was trying his best to sort of fulfil all the needs of the midfield, but he can't do it on his own. And we really, really missed. I mean, we all saw the difference that Ceballos made when he came on. And um, we missed that from the start of the match. And um, I've still got grave worries and concerns about Unai Emery, and um, I hope they don't borne out, unfortunately, I desperately want him to succeed. But he's not filling me with any kind of confidence that that's gonna be the case, unfortunately. Um, We can see the competitors that uh, we are up against We were up against last season, we should be up against this season for the top four in Chelsea, Man United, Spurs and they're all carrying on from uh, last season or if if not worse really and if we can't capitalise on this early doors and get a good lead on these teams by Christmas then questions have seriously got to be asked about the coach. They really have. Because we've got such a stronger squad than we had last season. And he's not really capitalising on it. Now, I know the last two games that we've had aren't the easiest games, of course. But I I was still disappointed about the, the, the negative nature of the team that he put out against Liverpool. Some of the decisions he made were pretty baffling. Giving them them the wings which I know Liverpool are strong through the middle and on the wings but just to give up the wings full stop it's obvious for all to see that the way they were knocking on the door time after time after time they were going to score eventually and obviously that's what's happened and because we're weak in defence we've got to play to our strengths and really take the game to our opposition and our strength is attack now yes of course we are most likely still going to concede against Liverpool but if we keep them occupied and really pressure them by playing attacking football, getting the ball to our three forwards then they're going to be put on the back foot and they're going to be a bit more scared that's natural and I've said this before and I'll say it again there's not one defender in world football who likes being run at at pace someone who can really dribble the ball and be positive and running at them there isn't a defender on the face of the planet that likes that and we've got some players especially in Aubameyang and Pepe that scare the life out of defenders And we didn't give them that opportunity enough against Liverpool, unfortunately. And yes, we might have conceded still a couple of goals against Liverpool. But we possibly could have scored two or three ourselves. We really could. There were occasions in that Liverpool match where we did have their defence looking scared. And I just wish we could have done that more often And been really more positive And against Tottenham We came up Against the team there Who I know they had some players Important players missing But we saw a Tottenham team That were just I thought Pretty poor They've got some good individual players Son is a fantastic player Harry Kane Cheating, diving, horrible person, but he's got ability, we all know that. And Ericsson is, is a good quality player as well. But apart from those individuals, they're not a good team, they can't play football. There's absolutely no way they were going to play their way up through the, the thirds through our team yesterday, they were just a long ball merchants. Long ball, cheating, diving, crappy, glorified Burnley. And I'm sorry to be a negative against Burnley, that's when I say that. But that's what they are. If they, Elliot said it actually on the Arsenal Vision podcast, and uh, I totally agree with him. I said if they're not got the ball, if they're attacking then they are doing just pumping it long if they're defending they're just cheating and throwing themselves to the floor that's what they do so we've got I don't honestly think we've got anything to fear from Spurs this season I mean we had nothing to fear against them in that match at home and we just got it wrong and that has got to be again down to the boss Now, people will throw it back in my face and say, well, you can't legislate for individual mistakes and individual errors. But you can when you're in charge of choosing the team and you keep choosing the players that make these individual errors and keep putting them on the team. And then after the match, saying you're proud of them. And that's what he did with Granite Xhaka yesterday, um, yesterday at the weekend. He said he was proud of him, and that just worries me. Really worries me, unfortunately. And Granite Jacker, when he went off to Switzerland for his international, the international break, you may have seen the um, interview he gave. And he's saying, all oh, people will always go on about mistakes. Well, yes, they will, Granite, because you keep making them." And he, he's just come across as smarmy, me the... Uh, and, and people say well it's important to the team because of his leadership well i'm sorry but what kind of leadership is it when you keep making these mistakes and not, you do not you don't seem to care about them very much now the rest of the team are going to be seeing these mistakes and the fact that he's letting the team down week after week after week by making these errors and costing us points now i'm sorry but behind his back then i bet you the players will be talking and say, well, he's cost us again today. Now, that is not leadership in the, in the dressing room. That's not leading by example, by making these mistakes. And then going on TV when you're on your international duty and saying, well, your people will keep going on about these mistakes, but they don't look at the good things or whatever. Well, that's you've got to take responsibility, mate. You keep making these mistakes, then we're going to keep going on about them. But it's also the manager who keeps picking this guy, week after week, that we've got to blame as well. Now, it almost seems that it's it's a taboo subject to be giving any kind of criticism to Unai Emery. But I'm sorry, but that I can only say what I see. And he's not filling me with fuller confidence at the moment at all. And I really hope that he proves me wrong. I really do. But at the moment, I can't see much that's coming out of Unai Emery that I'm, I'm really confident in. It must be off-putting for the players. I mean, I like the fact that I like managers that go on the sidelines and they're animated, etc. But Unai Emery must be off-putting, uh, putting the players off by what he's doing on the sidelines most of the time. because He's not, like, just showing excitement and, you know, for the match and running up and down and fist pumping whatever he's literally telling the players what to do second by second and that to me as well it just shows that as far as a player well, what's, what's he doing that for has he got no faith in me whatsoever does he not know that I'm a professional footballer and, and I know what I'm actually supposed to do if he's shouting and berating at me uh, from the sidelines Every second of the match, telling me where to stand and what to do—that's got to be annoying. That—that that does annoy me when I see that, because it's—it's it's not just being animated because you're enjoying the game and you're trying to get your players sort of pumped up. He's just micromanaging second after second throughout the game. So, yeah, it's—it's it's very frustrating, but i'm not going to be um negative about uh everything (laughs) you can be pleased to hear that's my negativity out the way really i'm still very very positive about the new squad that we have i'm very positive about the players that we've got coming you know get going from strength to strength uh in this team um the front three I think are going to be outstanding sort of moving forward I really get frustrated with people going getting on Pepe's back already um, and it's still very early days for him he's still getting used to it new country, a new team a new style of play, a new manager a new league so let's give him time we've seen though what he can be capable of so far and it's all good yes he's got to finish um, more of these chances but that will come don't i mean this has been said several times but don't forget that Thierry Henry took eight games before he got his first goal same for Bergkamp as well um i think he was even longer than eight games so give the lad time. As soon as he gets that first goal, the whole uh, monkey will come off his back. He will be pumped. He'll be full of confidence. And you'll see the best of him. But I um, I can't help but think that from the game on Saturday, that it was a waste to have Aubameyang out on the wing. He's, we can't have someone who scored 30 goals last season too far away from the from the goal it may sound obvious but we need him in the box and um, people have been saying about Lacazette being the one to drop deep, play the Firmino role I don't agree with that either because he's not a good enough passer of the ball he's a great player, I love Lacazette but he's not the best at distributing the ball and um, quite frustratingly misplaced a lot of passes against the Spurs but it's not his strength his strength is what we saw in the 44th minute or whatever it was that was unbelievable and when I, tweet, I tweeted out straight after that goal that it seemed to me that he thought in his head oh god yeah, we've just gone 2-0 down and Lacazette took it upon himself to think no I'm going to sort this out sod this Got the ball, literally just powered his way through and bashed the ball into the roof of the net with complete lethal venom. And that's what he's good at. So I I really want Lacazette and Aubameyang to be in the box. And I think, in that case, that Pepe should be the one to drop down into the sort of number 10 sort of Firmino role. And I think that would suit him brilliantly because he is unbelievable and scary for defenders like I mentioned earlier when he's got the ball turns 180 degrees in one quick movement and he's gone and leaves defenders spinning and I think if he could pick the ball up just be in that hole in the number 10 position and run with the ball and lay it off or just run straight through then that will be really making use of his skills as well now, yes, he's played a lot from the right, but I think he's just as comfortable playing through the middle as well. And when we've got Bellerin and Tierney back, especially, then they can be the wingers, and we'll have a lethal team then. And that sort of position, having a sort of a four-three-one-two type formation rather than four-three-three and um, having the wingers really, uh, the fullbacks really pushing on, like the Liverpool um, ones do. And that's really sort of almost mimicking the way Liverpool play with Firmino dropping deep. I think the best way of getting the front three together is by having Pepe drop deep rather than Lacazette. So let me know what you think on that. Um, tweet me. At From Dahl Square, or send me an email from Square to where at gmail.com and uh, be interested to hear your thoughts on that. But I think it'll be um, the best all round because uh, Lacazette and, and Aubameyang obviously have played together now for 18 months or more. We know their bromance, we know how much they get on, and I think when a Lacazette goes off, Aubameyang, like he did against Liverpool, can seem a little bit, not isolated, but he doesn't seem the same player when Lacazette's not on the pitch. Now, hopefully, Lacazette will be fine after this international break and he'll be ready to start the next game. But having those two together up front, in and around the box, I think is is where we get most of our goals. And um, if Pepe can be the one that sort of links the two and sort of feeds the two and can ro- arrive late in the box um, and dribble at the defense, that would be for me, the best use of the front three anyway. And with Willock, Ceballos and Guendouzi, we've got pretty much everything we need then in midfield to, to, for them to sort of be breaking forward. They've got the energy and the legs and the youth and exuberance to, to Get back, help the defence, be real sort of box to box players in Willock, especially and Grinduzzi And Ceballos can be the one dribbling, breaking free from the midfield, uh, and again, you know, freeing Pepe, freeing uh, Lacazette or Aubameyang with his passes, and also banging in the long curling shots like he's been doing um, with great effect so far this season as well. So I really, I feel like a broken record, but I really, really hope that Emery will throw caution to the wind this season and really try and uh, just come to the conclusion that that is the best way for us to play. Because um, for us, 100%, and I think this has to be the name of this podcast, attack is the best form of defense and considering that this could be Unai Emery's swan song season, why not go out with a bang? Throw caution to the wind and really go for it this season. We don't need any more negativity. I don't want to come away from these games feeling like we, sh- we could have done so much more. If we lose to the better team, Absolutely fine as long as we've given a great account of ourselves and we've played well, we've played good attacking football I can put up with that But when we come away from these games thinking it's a wasted opportunity Negative tactics have cost us again The picking of players who constantly let us down and cost us points It's just disappointing isn't it and I don't want that anymore I, I am and I still remain very positive for this season because of the great quality we've got in our squad. But please, let's utilize that quality. The better players, play them whenever they're fit in the Premier League. And we've used the Cups and the Europa League for the fringe players to keep them fit, keep them interested. But in the Premier League, play the strongest team we can, week in, week out. Don't keep chopping and changing for the bloody sake of it, please. Even against Man City or whatever, whatever team we're playing, take the game to them. Give them something to think about. Don't pay them too much respect. Don't be too negative and let them come on to us and try and hit them with long ball Burnley tactics. It's, it's not Arsenal and it doesn't work for us. Just, we need to be on the front foot and giving a good account of, our, of ourselves. So come on Unai, come on, attack is the best form of defence for this Arsenal team. Right, time for a short break, I'll speak to you soon. Welcome back. So, um, since I uh, recorded the first segment, we've had the end of the European transfer window and, um, yeah, we got, uh, got rid of Mikatarian and Elneny, which, I mean, seriously, at the beginning of the transfer window, we pretty much all tweeted who we wanted out, what we needed to come in and, um, I think we've pretty much got every single thing that we wanted, apart from one. Yeah, we didn't get rid of Mustafi, unfortunately. But we all wanted Mkhitaryan gone pretty much, and we all wanted Elneny to go. And um, we've pretty much got everything we wanted out of the transfer window. So that is really, really positive. And we've must, I mean, I I don't know how much we've um, saved on the weekly wages, but it's got to be—it's got to be close to a million quid a week, I'd imagine, at the end of it. So, I mean, God, that's—that uh, is massively positive, and what a turnaround from the end of last season, really. If we can get this uh, team ticking, and um, we can get a long run of games uh, going like we did last season, uh, 22 unbeaten. If we can do something similar again now, um, then, God, it, I mean, we've got to really be pleased with the, the backroom team that we've got at the club now. That's a really good job, well done. And they deserve a massive pat on the back. And not by crouching underneath a cow either. A proper pat on the back. So yeah, well done for that. That's uh, been fantastic, um, Raúl and co. Mikatarian is a shame really it's one of those really that we had high hopes for when he joined the club I know I did Um, I know he had a poor time at um, Man United after his uh, really successful spell at um, Dortmund but it could could have been at the time I remember thinking it could have been just one of those mismatches between him and United and um, Jose Mourinho and that he just didn't get on with the club, didn't get on with the manager, and he needed a fresh start. And when he came over to Arsenal, I was really hopeful that um, he could be a real good piece of the team. Um, but it just—it's just one of those. It's just not worked out, and uh, not worked out for him at all, um, playing in the Premier League. And it is a real shame. It was really odd that um, he came on against um, Tottenham when we had uh, Nelson on the bench um can't understand that decision because the club obviously knew at that point that he was going to be leaving and it wasn't as if it was like a, a farewell thing because none of us knew that he was going at that point either so we didn't get get to say goodbye he didn't get to say goodbye um yeah so it's a bit of a bit of an odd one but uh, what i forgot to say as well in the first section about the um, well both games really, but mainly the Tottenham game. Again, one, another thing I tweeted out was about Martinelli. Now I really really wish that he'd been on the bench. I really do. I really want him to get some minutes this season and um, I think it, instead of um, bringing on the if we 'd have had it in as an option and put him on the on the pitch for the last 20 odd minutes. then I really think he would have roasted uh, Davinson Sanchez. The pace he's got to burn is is phenomenal, frightening. I've got so many high hopes for Martinelli. His attitude, his confidence, his ability, his pace, everything. And um, yeah, I just think he would have caused them havoc. Can you imagine, you know, him on one flank for the last 20 or 30 minutes. And Pepe on the other, feeding Aubameyang. They wouldn't have got out there... Well, they didn't get out there half, pretty much, a lot of the time, apart from a few breaks forward, dangerous ones as well. Um, I know, I'm not blind, but um, we were doing a lot of attacking and penning them back towards the end of the game. But can you imagine the extra dimension he would have offered? Um, It it, it just... It's a shame. It really, is a shame. I'm so very disappointed that he wasn't on the bench. I really hope we see him more. I know that he's going to probably play a lot of the cup games and Europa League, but I want to see him in the Premier League uh, at the end of games, stretching teams as well, and just really letting him see what, yeah, what what he can do. Show, let him show what he can do. So yeah, I'm disappointed about that, but fingers crossed um, that we get to see him quite a bit this season. Um. Uh, yeah, hopeful that he can really take some big strides forward. I can't. I can't remember quite who's the last player I got, you know, so much hope and faith in and uh, was excited by than uh, the Martinelli. Can't really think off the top of my head. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed for him. So, as I mentioned uh, earlier as well, got a couple of more collaborations coming up. I've um, got one later on today with the great Cannon the TV. And um, another one coming up, uh, which I'm excited about as well, on Sunday, which is with A Bird Camp Wonderland. And um, some more exciting news is that I'm doing my own first live stream on youtube this coming wednesday which uh, yeah I'm very very happy and excited about i've um, got a couple of exciting guests that are going to be joining me on the show as well and um i'm looking for your questions so please um if you send me in your questions prior to the uh, event um I gave you the contact details earlier, but I'll just mention them once more. It's, um, you can tweet me on at and you can email me on FromDahlSquareToWear at gmail.com. So if there's anything you want me to discuss with with the guests I've got coming on on Wednesday, then please uh, get your questions over. Anything goes pretty much within reason and uh, I look forward to receiving them. Now, as I mentioned as well, a week or two ago in a previous podcast, I uh, had an idea about the live stream. So depending on the amount of uh, viewers we get and the comments we get on the day, um, I'm going to offer the opportunity for someone who is really engaging on the night with their comments um who is asking some really good questions he's interacting with the other viewers on the uh, comment section as well and keeping us all entertained i'm going to um see whether that person would like to join us on the live stream for the last uh, bit of the show uh who can join in and in turn also be uh, one of the people to answer the comments, uh, answer some of the comments that are coming in. So please remember that. And if you are interested, be there, ready to watch the live stream on Wednesday coming up. And we're looking at kicking off at 6.30 in the UK. So 6.30 Greenwich Mean Time. And we'll look forward to seeing you there. the the Now it's time for what you've all been waiting for. The crack of dawn. With dawn. Obviously. the you
0: Who? Yeah.
1: Yeah. The Arsenal manager.
0: You know. Oh, right. I have yes. no idea. But good evening. Everyone.
1: Good evening.
0: Is that how he speaks?
1: Yeah, sort of. Oh, where's he He's from? has got a really weird Spanish accent.
0: Oh, Spanish. Mm.
1: And the, own, the, not the owner, the sort of the direct, oh, I don't know what his title is, Raul Sandler, he who is like in charge <laughs> of football operations or something <laughs> like that, in Arsenal. He's on fire! He's Spanish, but he talks like he's had about eighty a day habit since he was thirteen.
0: Oh, he probably has. No, he's in Spain. How cheap the fags are!
1: Mm, but he's like the Don. That's why they call him Don Raúl, mm. Don Raúl, because he's like a godfather.
0: Oh, wow! <laughs> I can make you laugh and you can't oh. All right. Anyway. Anyway. How are you, Don? Oh, marvelous! Thank you.
1: Good. 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 You yeah, had a good week.
0: Shall we say? Uh, yes. It's it's
1: had the talks and downs, yes. Well, well, More downs actually, Ill. really, yes. And um, we've, uh, you know, with bad news, yes. We've had this whole week, so yes. It's nice to get to the weekend, really. It um, is, yes. And tr- without the kids, which yeah. is always.
0: Well, it's lovely when they're here, but it's also lovely when they're not.
1: You can be. You can honestly tell the truth. It's fine. They won't listen to this. It's fine. It's lovely to have a weekend <laughs> without the kids sometimes.
0: Sometimes, yes.
1: I'm only joking,
0: you know I am.
1: I really mean, love them. Couldn't eat a whole one, but... You know.
0: Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. what
1: should we talk about today on um, this Crack of Dawn um, episode? Crack
0: of Dawn, uh, there's a, um, a tweet here of somebody deluded at Deluded Goon 4. He says, I shall edit out the mistakes that you made. And he says, Londoners have zero manners and I refuse to accept it individual dropped their phone i picked it up they didn't say thank you so i slapped it out of the hand and said you're welcome
1: i know that oh, i absolutely hate that thing myself as well i get really angry every single time I and mean, i replied to that one and I, and I said every single time you hold the door open for someone or do someone you know a good deed or whatever however small it may be and they don't say thank you or you know, I always make a massive point of just saying, You're welcome! You loud. turn around behind. You know, if you step out of the way of someone on a, on a small pavement or something, to let them walk past. It's usually or... old
0: people that don't care, and they've probably got, like, their shopping trolleys behind them. And they're mm. the rudest, because they can't actually get away with it. I know, like, they give you a dirty 87 look. 87 or something, and they think, well, screw really, you, I'm not saying I know, 37
1: degrees, and they've still got their mac on, down <laughs> to their ankles.
0: And tight. Also, yeah. like They're tan. And they've got, those, tan they've got those
1: shoes on with the top of the foot bulging out over the <laughs> top. <laughs> like elephant titers
0: Yes. But it's
1: like yeah. when you're when you were emptying your car or your van and you leave the door open to empty the stuff out of it or whatever, like shopping. So your car, doors open across the pavement and then someone's coming. So you move out of the way, pull it back, break your shins because you're closing the door onto your legs to get, let them get past and you just like shuffle past and give you a dirty look as if you've got no right to be doing it.
0: That's what um, usually happens when you're driving as well. Just up the road from here, there's a, a road called Queen's Road, as you very well know. Mm. And there is what I've always called Queen's Road etiquette because if you're from around this area, you kind of know that, if, that. You, if you come out on the, Every day. the end of our road, then you see a car coming down, you have, have to stop. And wait for the other car to come if it's already going and obviously vice versa if you're on your way up there and the car at the top knows that there's nowhere to pull in because there's cars parked down both sides of the road so if you sit there waiting then another car comes down and then another car comes down and the car that you've waited there for ages to come down it just goes straight past you and you just think you twat i, know, I don't even shout to at people anymore i just stick my finger up well oh. maybe i do shout you're welcome dickhead put my finger up oh. it
1: happens to me every day and I just like, they they think that they've got every right to, you know, some kind of superior being.
0: Again, though, know, it's, it's usually like, old people, isn't it? Who probably like got both hands glued to the steering wheel and got the face well, pressed right up against the thing because they're concentrating on not in the cars on either side. You
1: you've witnessed my uh, a bit I of my road rage from I time did, to yes. time. A couple that of was, times.
0: That was a pretty bad. day. that first one was a pretty bad day. Where would had you in a oh yeah
1: a, that was a bad one
0: it was a bad day anyway and then that silly old man started shouting abuse at you didn't he
1: but well, the one that was in the in the car was the best one as well
0: oh god it's... yes
1: oh my god <laughs> i ain't going to go into the language i use but that, that i mean literally i was my all my uh veins in my neck were pulsating yes, think, think, sticking and out
0: in your forehead as well basically like thing.
1: like ren and stimpy that old cartoon
0: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> i know but then there's the other one that crossed the road yeah. Is that the one you were on back Yeah, first? that was the yeah. one I was on
0: about at the crossroads because the, the light had changed. The filter lane light had changed, hadn't it? And he started to cross as we went round the corner because we could go round the corner because the green filter lane light came on. And then he um he started shouting abuse. I think he even waved his walking stick at you, didn't he? Or something. He, he, yeah, but pointing he was quite... at the lights and you shouted right. some abuse. It's
1: the filter lane. Oh, my God. I can't remember the exact word I did, but yeah, so he I lost was looking,
0: it He was looking the wrong way though, wasn't he, to see that the green filter lane light had come on.
1: But the best one, that, well you weren't in the, with me at the time, but when the, I, someone went into sort of scrape down the side of my van, well, that
0: because was they that, were trying to get past me. That was and, that crazy crackhead from the oh, Neaton though, wasn't it?
1: Oh my God, I literally just thought. I swear on my life, I just Did you really actually check that
0: registration out? Did you say it was this car? I reported
1: it to the police, didn't yeah. I? Because uh, it it was like two lanes going into one, and this person, complete nutcase, was didn't have any teeth and looked like um, she'd not
0: had a bathroom for a month.
1: Yeah. It yeah, knackered out old, and I just got that van, didn't I?
0: Yeah.
1: My pride and joy, and just trying to get past. I was like, Oh no, I'm not doing it. I'm per-. I wasn't. I had every right to do what I did. I was just like gently going into the middle of the road because it was like go two lanes getting to one. Yeah, merged. And, yeah, just, just literally less than a centimetre away from the car all the time. And I was just like, yeah. I literally had my eyes on the rearview mirrors the whole time. And then, oh, my God, before it went back into two lanes, because it was only one lane for a short while, as you know, and then it before it went back into two lanes, she squeezed down the side and sort of and literally just like put a, a whole coat of, of her car's paint down the side of my van. I can and remember I you. swear on my life I nearly flung open my door and just like went to stove the door girl. in with my you know, just kick the doors in, in. I
0: can but remember your that.
1: Literally wheel, she literally wheels wheel span and shot off down the road and went down this sort of
0: Little Before but whilst shocked. I was out,
1: yeah, I mean, oh my God, I just like, I was, absolute alter, unadulterated rage.
0: I can remember you telling me about that and uh, saying that she looked at you and she kind of done a mm. fuck you type of smile, but she's got no teeth well, in. Well, no, you know, she didn't smile. That... She
1: was like, she was properly ranting. Oh, was she? Yeah. As if, I, as if I'd done something wrong. But she looked like a proper, she looked like I'd been sleeping rough for about six months. Yeah, you know, that terrible. But yeah, I I, I hate what, what's the and also on Twitter recently, I've got I haven't got the exact tweets in front of me, but on a couple of occasions I've seen tweets from women absolutely complaining about men are holding the door open for them as they go in somewhere, as if it's like. Oh my god, honestly, can't you understand that I've actually got enough strength to open the door myself? Type thing. I, I, and I've, I've retweeted that up and put it's a just comment. Just manners. In. I just put, oh my god, it's just I me, mean, seriously, complaining about someone holding the door open for you. It's what just it common courtesy, it doesn't matter what sex you are.
0: Oh god, she probably doesn't, when it says what gender are you, male, female, other, don't want to say. Or half man, half unicorn or whatever they yeah. are these days. Oh no, it just but that's opening up a whole other kind of worms I I just Oh that a...
1: on there. There's something on Twitter I've retweeted today as well about in the news today about um some school kids being locked out of the school because they'd refused to wear the gender neutral uniforms that they've been given
0: what was that and i just like I a pair of clots or something
1: I, re- I retweeted it and said you know this sort of thing makes me want to stop the world and get off because yeah. it's just it's just rigid- getting a little no, bit I mean, out, of,
0: out of hand
1: i think uh i mean i haven't responded to well, i saw a couple of replies to my retweet about it and saying you know you can't blame them and i wasn't actually going on about the kids refusing to wear them that's totally understandable it's the school actually issuing gender neutral uniforms in the first place well i mean honestly it just drives me mad they're kids they can't make up their own mind about oh i don't decide what gender i want to be they are children going to
0: school either with a penis or a vagina i'll hasten to add and if you've got a penis you're a male if you've got a vagina you're a female whether you want to be or not, when you're a child is what you are
1: absolutely oh i don't think we move off that subject yes because we
0: could be here all night talking about that and, and getting i'm
1: getting uh, yeah because i mean i
0: can see those veins bulging in your forehead already there babe
1: well i'm also yeah it's starting to make me think about brexit as well so oh I'm yes sorry, <laughs> Because that's getting more and more and more and more and more and more, and more okay, prevalent every day. Just on leave that line there, because. So what else? Well, we could also just like
0: mention the fact that Boris Johnson has got a dog. He's very very cute.
1: Well, there's a funny one actually because Boris Johnson was doing a. Uh, I don't know. I didn't click on it. I don't ever listen to stuff like that. But there's a video posted and he was sitting there and he was chatting away behind. So, and someone had retweeted it and said, "Is Boris Johnson, fil- um, filming this interview in Max Branning's car lot?" <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh because he really did look like he was sitting in Max Branning's car lot. Who's Max The old Brannock? prefab from EastEnders. You know the yeah. the bald, the shaven-headed bald, the yeah, ginger bloke. Shaven-headed, bald ginger. He looks like Jimmy Somerville.
0: Oh right. Oh yes, I know who you mean, but Yeah, I mean yes. I haven't seen it for donkey's years either, but no. I remember Max Branning. Last time I watched EastEnders was I think in. Just before I went travelling in January The end of January I went travelling last time I watched EastEnders was January 2002
1: I don't blame you, you're not missing much I bet if you put it on Same as Coronation you, You'd probably still be able to catch up with the storyline well, yeah Within the space of a week. That's what
0: happened when I came back after 12 months And I did, I say the last time I watched this I actually flicked it on and I thought Oh for God's sake Still going mm. on about this crap And mm. that was it I swore never to watch it again
1: I know Exactly. Yeah. So, what's the next on the agenda?
0: Oh, uh, next. Hold up just one moment because I'd. Uh, oh, can we just like. Oh, here we go. Look. Um, da, da, da. It's oh, so well oiled. The last and greased. Time, it, is, it is oil and grease, of course. It took me about two seconds. That's all good. The last time Tottenham won the league. should we do that one? Or? Oh,
1: go on then. Yeah, that's actually quite interesting.
0: Um, The last time. Oh, this is off. I like his name as well, Flappy Hansky. Um, the last time Tottenham won the league, JFK hadn't been shot yet. Man City and Chelsea didn't exist. Most of the world still used black and white TV. Most of Africa was still colonised. The Beatles were unknowns. And England were yet to win the WC, which when I read it earlier, I thought the water closet. However, then I soon quickly realised the World Cup. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> so there. what and else? There.
1: There's um there's loads of those going what, around. What year
0: was it then that Tottenham won the league?
1: Nineteen sixty
0: one. Oh. So what
1: else has happened since nineteen sixty one? I was born. Who was born? I was. No you weren't. Nineteen sixty one. Yeah, since then what's
0: happened in that
1: time. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. Uh, That's what you, you answered.
0: Or before that, did you mean?
1: No, no. You I, I don't know why I said you you what? Because, obviously, you were born since then.
0: Clearly here. I know. I know. I
1: I suddenly just thought, in 1961, for some reason. Um. No, it's funny, because, I mean, I think it was, um, what do you say? Well, no, these things like um, Thierry Henry was, was born, went through school, did his football apprenticeship, um signed for Juventus, signed for Arsenal, won the league 150 times, won the FA Cup 150 times, retired and sort of went to, and became Arsenal's all-time top scorer in still the time that Tottenham won the last one of the league anyway. Oh. But it's some funny things like, oh God, what's his name? Um, who the Prime Minister was then? It's gone right out of my head. Tony Black? Not oh. Harold McMillan. Oh, no, it wasn't yes. Harold McMillan, Maybe it was. Anyway, but it made it sound literally like everything was in black and white, which oh. it probably was.
0: Winston Churchill? No, mm-hmm. not
1: 1961. I'm sure it's Harold Macmillan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, it's uh, it, it basically is all on the back of someone posting uh, a Tottenham fan taking a Mickey since Arsenal last won a trophy, which was only a couple of years ago. Anyway, oh. what should we else should we talk about? Um,
0: just a very, very quick one. Mark at... Oh, Mark at Mark underscore Hatton said, Why sawdust called sawdust? It's not sawdust, is it? It should be called powdered wood. But it's not, because it's dust from when you've been sawing. Ergo, therefore, sawdust. That's the end of that one. We don't need to discuss it any further.
1: Yeah, no, I just thought it was a bit random, that
0: one. Mm. Um, what else actually it got? took some time out
1: of his day to type that.
0: How about... Um, This lovely lady called Jade Who says that there's been lots and lots of people Sounding quite pissed off on Twitter tonight And had anybody got a good joke Yeah So maybe we could tell a couple of these jokes Go on then. People Yeah there's said. quite
1: a long thread I remember
0: Yeah shall I what, start at the beginning then shall I or?
1: Just uh, take out some of your favourites
0: Well Um. Right well then what does a cockney pay for shampoo?
1: Well, I don't know. What does a cockney pay for shampoo?
0: Pound ten. Pound ten. Pound ten. <laughs> um, what else? That's not that good. Not as good as my jokes, I'm sure. Oh, this one's quite good. I dated a one legged girl who worked in a brewery. She was in charge of the hops. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else is that? Oh, this is one of my favourites. I like this one. Anyway, I've heard it before. Two snowmen in a field and one of them snowmen says to the other, Can you smell carrots? <laughs> um, no, but I can see a little coal. Yeah, I suppose. Um, I'll just make that
1: one up off the top of my head, by the way. Thank
0: you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Three... Oh, I didn't read this one, so this might be... I'm not sure whether it's funny or not, but I shall read it. I shall be as surprised as the next person, so I will. Three guys in a bar. One of them walks up to the bar and the barman walks up, tits bouncing, and the guy says, Three pints of your breast. Sorry, best bitter. She laughs and gives him his pints. On the way back, he looks a bit red-faced, so one of the guys says to him, What's up with you? And he says, Boys, I just made a pure arse of myself there. I just asked the barmaid for three pints of breast bitter. The guys laugh and one says, Ah, the old Freudian slip. What's that, he says. Well, here's an example. I was sitting at the breakfast table with wife this morning, and instead of saying, darling, pass the milk, I said, you fat bitch, you've ruined me life. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, like that, I like that one as well. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, uh, What do you, what you call a dog... A dog with no back legs and metal paws. Sparky. I think that's supposed to be, what do you call a dog with no back legs and metal paws? That is I someone who's
1: typing in a Scottish language. Oh, right, The I way see. that he actually thinks and speaks. Spe-
0: oh, right, I see. I don't
1: know why Scottish people think they need to do that.
0: Yeah. Well, Sparky anyway was the answer, which again <laughs> is quite funny. Um, chiro- what do you call, oh, what you call a, a man
1: with no arms and no legs that swims the English Channel?
0: Um.
1: Clever dick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I like it Two old blokes walking down the road And they come across a dog licking bollocks Wow look at that I wish I could do that Give it a biscuit it might let you <laughs> uh, I like that I've got one just like off the top of my head That's a quite like if I can remember it all, I'm not ruining it, anyway. Um, Paddy and Murphy, well, Paddy and Murphy have been friends for ages and they're walking down the road and Paddy falls down the hole and Murphy shouts down, Is it the dark down there. And Paddy says, I don't know, I can't see. <laughs>
1: <laughs> very good. Yeah, very yeah. good. Yeah, I like it.
0: Shall I carry on with the ones that are throwing the thingy in?
1: Go on then. <laughs> oh,
0: Oh, hold up, sorry. I dropped my phone down the loo. Final shy joke for night. This is off Henry. I dropped my phone down the loo, so I sat it in a bowl of rice to absorb the water. Amazingly, it worked, but when my phone turned back on, I only had one contact my Uncle Ben.
1: <laughs> That's poor.
0: I don't get it. No, don't Uncle get it. Ben's rice. Oh, oh. Um... That's how poor it was. This wasn't even funny. Uh. Well, that's okay. What was yeah. the other thing? Apart that's
1: from the jokes, there was something else we birthday. were
0: going to talk about. Birthday. Oh, yes, birthday.
1: let's do it. But what we're going to do each week is give a birthday shout out or two for whose birthday it was this week on Twitter.
0: Who is it? Uh, um, Gazza at London Gaza. It says, On this day in a land not far away, a young Guna was born. It was me. Happy birthday to me. Hashtag twenty one again. Which means he's not twenty one. Obviously, probably. Well, it depends how many times he's been twenty one really, but Happy birthday anyway, Gunagazza.
1: Happy birthday, Goonagazza. Hope you've had a great day.
0: Happy birthday to To you. you, Squashed tomatoes and stew. Bread and butter in the gutter. Happy birthday to you.
1: There you go, Gazza.
0: There you
1: go. Fantastic. Fantastic. What else um, is there? Anything um, else before we go?
0: Anything else? Let's have a look. There was um, hmm, I don't really know. Can you think of anything else? There was something there? else
1: we were going to um, go on there and discuss, but if you can't find it, let's leave it till next week.
0: Yes, I can't find this one. I can't remember what it was. So no it's worries. a long night, and it's pretty late already. So
1: it is indeed. Yes. Well, as I said uh, earlier on in the podcast, we're going to do a live broadcast this coming wednesday which is the what's that the date 13th,
0: 11th is it something like that
1: something like that wednesday
0: next anyway
1: next wednesday at 6:30 and what we're going to do is if there is enough people watching commenting on the live stream then the most entertaining person who comments is going to get the opportunity to join us for the last few minutes of the live stream to answer some questions as well. Isn't that gonna be interesting?
0: Oh, it's and if you're will, a
1: nutcase, yeah. then you won't last very long, obviously. Anyway, hope you watched that. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Crack of Dawn. And we'll see you again in the next episode. Good night. Yep,
0: yeah, thanks. Bye bye.
1: Thanks a lot see you next episode thanks for listening can anyone catch
0: them do you think uh yes of course yeah
1: unbelievable
0: we didn't
1: expect that
0: awesome fingers awesome fingers